Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It is awesome to be able to connect with you online and to share God's word. I hope you're ready to hear what God wants to say to all of us today. And as we move into this incredible series called Comeback, It's Time, I've been praying that you're thinking about that. What kind of a comeback do you need? What has God brought us from to where God wants us to be right now? All of us need a comeback. And we've been sharing this definition every week, and I think it is so important to be able to do that. The word comeback means to return to life, to regain a favorable position, and to recover from a deficit. Each week, I'm trying to share a story about someone you probably know that has had a comeback, and this week, I thought I'd talk just briefly about the incredible basketball player, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was only 5'10 when he was in junior high. At 15 years old, he tried out for the varsity team, and he was confident that he was going to get it. But when the the sheet was posted about who was going where on the teams, Michael Jordan did not get the spot he thought he deserved. In fact, what ended up happening was he was put on the JV team. Jordan felt like this was the end of his career at the ripe old age of 15. In fact, he would take that picture in his mind throughout his entire career, and he said this. He said, Whenever I face failure or disappointment, he said, I always pictured in my mind that sheet posted in the locker room, and I knew I could only move forward. Now think about it. Michael Jordan was one of the greatest decorated and celebrated basketball players of all time. And this is what really stirs my heart. Jordan said this, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Well, what about you? Do you feel like your life is over? Do you feel like you can't move through the season that you're in? Perhaps you've had so many setbacks and you just want to give up. Well, I want to say this to all of you. It's time for a comeback. Now, we're not talking about just any comeback. We're not talking about a sports comeback, a business comeback. I really believe all great comebacks should begin spiritually from the inside out. And that's why we're turning to the book of Acts. It has been such a great journey so far. And we're back in a story about 
a man named Stephen. Now, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He had a servant's heart. And sadly but gloriously, he's known as the first martyr of the early church. Stephen was sharing and just telling people out in the streets about his incredible relationship with this living Jesus Christ, who, as we saw last week, had the greatest comeback story of all, from death to life. But again, it's the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders. They, they were able to find false witnesses, and then they arrested him. There were people who lied about what he was saying, and so when he was put in front of these Jewish leaders, we hear these words from Acts 6, verses 8 through 11. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Anybody ever lie about you? Anybody ever say things that weren't true about you in order to manipulate a situation? Well, that's what happened with Stephen, and it, it grew a rage among the Jewish leaders that he was finally put on trial, but Stephen did something unexpectedly. Instead of defending himself, Stephen defended God. And God gave him words of wisdom that were incredible. In fact, onlookers, you can read this right in Scripture, onlookers, when they saw the face of Stephen, they thought it was angelic. Incredible. And embedded in this story that Stephen was telling, he talks about Moses. I know it may seem odd this morning, it may seem just kind of weird that I, I want to pick out the story of Moses in the New Testament to talk about our next comeback. But Stephen does something that is truly rare. It's a beautiful thing. He frames the story of Moses so truthfully, so beautifully, in light of who Jesus Christ is. And I want to say this to us. If we want to come back, in fact, can I ask, do you want to come back? Do you need one? Maybe you've had one and you don't need one right now, but I guarantee you will. There are four truths, life-changing truths, that come out of this story as Stephen talks about Moses. Because Moses, and perhaps you felt this way, Moses was the black sheep of Israel. But God took a black sheep and turned him into the, one of the greatest shepherds of God's people. 
What a comeback. So let's dig in. Here's truth number one. It begins in Acts 7, verse 20 through 22. Stephen is telling this story. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family when he was placed outside. Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Here's the first truth. God's comeback plan begins before birth. God's comeback plan begins before birth. I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe that God knows where our setbacks will be before we're ever born. Now, what do I base that on? Think about Psalm 139. King David wrote, Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me, written in your book before one of them came to be. If God has seen every day of our lives before any day of our life has begun, then God sees our setbacks, and he has a plan for our comebacks if we'll follow him. Now, this is the reason that Stephen was sharing the story of Israel. Now, I hope you'll go to chapter 6 and 7 sometime this week and read all of this because Stephen tells the entire uh, abbreviated history of Israel in sharing about Jesus Christ. But as he focuses on Moses, the leader that all Jews at that moment would have said is the greatest leader of Israel, in all its history, as Stephen focuses on Moses, he reminds them of this story. He said, do you remember our people were enslaved in Egypt? And then Pharaoh did this, this evil thing. He said, we're tired of all of these Israelites having male children. It will go against us. You, he, he gave an edict. He said, all of the midwives of Israel can save the girls, but the boys are to be killed or drowned in the Nile. The midwives listened to God. They would not do this, but that meant God's people had to hide their sons. So Moses' parents hid him for three months and then made an incredible sacrifice. Moses' mom created a papyrus basket, made it water-worthy, and then she went and placed him in the Nile. Now, come on. Do you really believe in coincidence? Pharaoh's daughter heard the child, picked up the basket, and then took him to be in the court of Pharaoh to be raised as one of their own. Now, I love this about Stephen. Stephen says that Moses was raised up. He actually says he was proficient in speech, powerful in action. In fact, Jewish historians think Moses was one of the most intelligent and proficient of all men in math, science, and learning. And our first truth emerges. God's comeback plan begins before birth. Before Moses was ever born, put into a basket, he was supposed to be killed. Before any of that ever happened, God had a comeback plan for Moses. 
He wasn't to be killed as, as a Jewish uh, infant. He, he had a plan for Moses to actually be the leader that God's people would need. Tim Tebow, do you ever follow him in sports? What an incredible athlete, but even more, what an incredible follower of God. He has said this, and I think it's worth sharing with you. Mom, it's always about mom, isn't it? Mom used to quote Isaiah about waiting on the Lord. It doesn't mean being complacent. It means understanding that he has a plan, that we're not the one in control. In the meantime, we do need to strive to use our gifts and abilities fully. When you and I feel like we've had a setback, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to give up. It means that we need to trust God because he has a plan. And even when we're not in control, even when we're disappointed, like uh, Tim Tebow has been, even in this new football season, listen, God has a plan regardless of what we had hoped for in our lives. God has a comeback story if we'll put our trust in him. Now, let's go to Acts 7, verses 23 through 29. When Moses was 40 years old, Stephen is telling us, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner, and he had two sons. Here's our next truth. God's comeback plan can be postponed by pride. God's comeback plan can be postponed by pride. Now, can we wrap our minds around this? This is interesting. Stephen continued to retell the story of Moses, and he doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. How would you like your worst decisions to be written down for people to read or talk about all your life? That's exactly what Stephen does here. He wants to make a point. He explains that Moses was God's chosen leader to lead the Egyptians out of captivity. But before he could ever do that, one of the greatest setbacks of his life took place, and here's why. Moses thought that he could be the hero of the story. He thought he was so Egyptian that when he was trying to help his native people, the Hebrews, he thought, in fighting with this Egyptian, I can kill him and get away with it. But if we read in Old Testament scripture, Pharaoh heard about it and wanted to kill him. But then what about this? Moses not only tried to stand up for the Hebrews, then he tries to actually unite the Hebrews by reconciling a fight the very next day. Can you see it? 
Do you, do you see what's happening? Pride's growing. I killed an Egyptian for the Hebrews. They should celebrate me. And then I'm going to go over here and stop this fight. But here's what stopped Moses. The, the, the man, the Hebrew mistreating the other, pushes Moses. And he said, get out of my face. He said, what are you going to do to me? You're going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what century you're in, news travels fast, especially bad news. There are no secrets. Here's our second truth. Moses reminds us that God's comeback plan can be postponed by pride. Can I give you the definition of pride? A high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity. It is about importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in conduct. Let me break it out for us. We're all prideful, every one of us. Think about it. Moses wrestled with his pride because he thought that he, can I just say what Kay says to me? He was, he was all that in a bag of chips. He just thought he was special. Anytime any of us think we are better than others, or what about this? You're indispensable. The minute all of that happens, pride is getting down inside of us. And this is what needs to be understood. Our pride can postpone the plan of God until we are in a place that God can use us for his glory and his honor. We have to get out of the way. D.L. Moody, the great 19th century evangelist, said, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. Wow, that's a tall order. But can I, can I just lean in? Will you just invite me right there into your, your living room or your, your car as you're listening? Can I just lean in and say this? Pride is not worth it. To hang on to prideful thoughts, to think that we've been overlooked, to think that we've been cast aside because we believe we're better than we are, it's not worth it. Instead, we need to be emptied of ourselves. And that can only happen through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Have you been struggling with pride at all? When was the last time we allowed pride to get the better of us? We needed to win an argument, get our own way, or be the right person in the room. In fact, here's a challenge. Have you ever gone to a friend and, that you trusted and said to that friend, I need to ask you a question and I want you to be honest. Where do you see pride in me? Where am I tripping over myself? You see, the truth is this. God's comeback plan can be postponed by pride. 
But God does have a plan. Let's look at Acts 7, verses 30 through 36. This is what Stephen went on to say about Moses. After 40 years had passed, did you get that? After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses, I'll get it, to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself. Though the angel who had appeared to him in the bush, through the angel who had appeared to him in the bush, he led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. Here's our third truth. God's comeback plan is never too late to embrace. Oh, I love this one. God's comeback plan is never too late to embrace. Now, don't believe for a moment that God was okay with Moses killing the Egyptian. Because of his selfish, prideful choices, Moses ran out of fear to the desert of Midian. It was near Mount Sinai. If we read uh, Exodus 7, 7 closely, then just turn back there when you have time, because what you're going to discover is that Moses was 80 years old when God commissioned him through the burning bush. By now, Moses had been married, he had a family, and he was comfortable in his life. Who shouldn't be by the time you're 80, right? Then one day, Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep. Did you hear that? And God spoke to him in this burning bush. So, so are you doing the math with me? It took 40 years for Moses to become humble enough to hear God's voice and for God to reveal his comeback plan for, for not only Moses, but for God's people. Then Stephen doesn't water it down. In Acts 7.35, we just read it. He says, this is the same Moses Israel had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge? Now, just, just understand this. Are you willing to wait for your comeback? Do you think that you're too old? In fact, I know some people in their 30s who think they're too old. Man, I had the hardest time with my 30th birthday, but I suffered and made everybody else suffer when I was 29. It's like uh, my wife, my beautiful wife Kay says, uh, when you turn 30, we were finally all relieved because it was so difficult. I was reading a friend's post 
and he just turned 60. And he said, I'm really trying to understand that I'm 60. I turned 60 earlier this year, and it was the best birthday and celebration I've ever had. It was awesome. But you know what? Age is a matter of mind, especially God's mind. God has a plan. God wants us to put our faith and our trust in him and listen to the truth of Scripture. The same Moses who was prideful, the same Moses who had struggles, the same Moses who killed an Egyptian, the same Moses that couldn't unite two Hebrews in reconciliation became the Moses that God used to release millions of Hebrews and take them across the Red Sea. God has an amazing comeback plan and it's never too late to embrace it. I, I've just started, I'm a little bit behind. I just started watching The Chosen. I, I know other people have watched and, and people have been inviting me to watch. It's the story of Jesus told in a very unique and very understandable way. Dallas Jenkins, the creator, has an incredible story, but it all boils down to this. He had been in Hollywood, had big contracts for for really spiritual stories to be put on screen. He did his first one, and in 24 hours, everyone knew it failed. It was a flop. It was over. In fact, he said, I'm done. He said, it's time to leave Hollywood. It's time to go back. And he said, I was a failure. Then God spoke to him about the feeding of the 5,000. And God said, remember, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. You only provide the loaves and the fish. He shot a, a 10 or 12 minute video about the shepherd at Christmas time. Friends passed that along to others. He just, he just shot it for his church. What an incredible gift. And they passed it on. And immediately there was support, but they said, if we're going to do a project with you, it's got to all come from the public. So they started raising funds for a project they weren't even sure about. And get this, through crowdfunding, which rarely works, they raised $10 million from 19,000 people all over the world. Can we fast forward to 2021? The Chosen has filmed two seasons. They've had over a hundred million views. And in an in a acceptance speech, when he won an award from K-Love, he said, I had a failure four years ago and was about to leave the business. And then God brought me out of that and introduced me to a show about Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on, are, are you really believing this? Do you understand this? God has a comeback plan for you. You're not down and out unless you want to be. Embrace it. Believe it. Yes, God had a plan before birth. God has a comeback plan that, that even though we postpone it by pride, it's never too late to trust God. And that leads us to our last truth, and I love this. Acts 7, 
37 through 38. Stephen says to the, to the, in, during the trial to the Sanhedrin, this is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors. Now listen, and he received living words to pass on to us. Here's our fourth truth. God's comeback plan is larger than your life. God's comeback plan is larger than your life. We get selfish. We get whiny. We complain. We think our life is all about us. And we forget that God wants to transform us in order that we can be a transforming agent in the lives of others. Haven't you seen too many people give up on their life in Christ? They walk away, they withdraw. There are people listening to this message today that are trying to figure out who God is and if he's real. Can I encourage you, lean into God because he has a comeback story for you and when you and I embrace it, that comeback plan is larger than your life. Oh wow, Stephen rocked their world. Deuteronomy 18, 15. He quoted it. This is Moses. He says to the Sanhedrin, do you remember what Moses said? The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Have you ever thought about this? Moses was the forerunner for Jesus. He paved the way. Whether they liked it or not, Jesus is the Messiah that the Jews had been waiting for. There's two statements that we have to quickly pull out. Stephen talks about the assembly in the wilderness. Literally in the Greek translation of the Hebrew, it is uh, ecclesia. It's the word we get the church from. Stephen was explaining that God had a comeback plan that went further than the release of the Egyptians, or the release of the, the Hebrews from the Egyptians. They had a gathering in the wilderness, but God had a comeback plan for all of us to be gathered into his church. And then Stephen said, Moses gave us words of life, literally divine oracles a delivery of hope and truth. Can I take you to one more passage of Scripture as we close this morning? Luke 24, 25 through 27, Jesus is walking with two disciples on the Emmaus Road. They don't recognize him at first. He's the resurrected Christ, the Messiah alive. And as they walked and talked, Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Our fourth truth is unforgettable. God's comeback plan is larger than your life. It's larger than mine. Think about the people who have helped you in your life. Have you had moms and dads, aunts, uncles, friends, Sunday school teachers, pastors, leaders, 
who helped you find your way to Jesus? Are you still on the path with him? Are you walking with him? Is he your everything regardless of the things that are going on around you? Because here's what I want to say to you. I don't want you to miss this. God needs you to let go of pride. God needs me to let go of selfishness so that we can be all that his comeback plan intends for us to be because there are lives depending on you. God's comeback plan is larger than your life. As we close this morning, can I do this? Can I ask this favor? Would you just keep your eyes open this time? But put your hands out. I want you to think of somebody that needs to have a transformation that only Jesus can give. Because he's got a comeback plan for them. And what I want you to do on the count of three, and by the way, if this is you, it's all right to say your own name. On the count of three, let's say the name of someone that we want to touch their life because God loves them and we love them so much. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Did you say it? Did you say the name? I was listening for it. I have some names that I've been saying, people that I believe in, that need a comeback. And I believe we can still change the world just like Moses and just like Stephen. Because God took Moses and turned him from black sheep of Israel to the greatest, one of the greatest leaders Israel has ever seen. And that led to the Messiah, Jesus. And that leads to you and me. Let me pray for you. God, our hands are out. Fill them. Help us to put all of our trust in you. This is such an in-depth story, but so joyful. Even though Stephen would lose his life, he gained it. And you, you embraced him. And someday in heaven, we'll meet him. We'll hear the story face to face. But God, right now, our hands are out and we're praying for those that need a comeback. Father, I pray that if somebody listening to this needs their own comeback, they feel like they're too old, they feel like as a young person, life's already passed them by, God, I pray that we would be reminded that you have a comeback plan. If, if we're prideful, we confess that and if our friends in need need someone to walk with them, God, open that door for us. And Lord Jesus, may we see lives transformed and changed because you are the comeback story, the greatest storyteller of all. And Jesus, we ask all this in your name. Amen. It's good to see you. I'm glad we're together. Keep reading. Keep uh, leaning in. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. I love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. 
You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.